Hey, this is Tony Boss Bowling coming to you from the Lincoln Attic Podcast. Hey, hey, it's Jason ODB, the Lincoln Attic. Thank you for coming back for another episode. If I'm scoring correctly, this is episode 27. I can't believe it. It has been a minute since I put out the last episode. We'll talk about that and more on this episode of Lincoln Attic Podcast. So for the overview, I've been working on this episode a while. It really goes back to earlier this year. I started putting putting together some of the facts based upon the research that I've done in different articles that I found, and I want to talk about the LBJ Lincoln Continental, the 64 Lincoln Continental Convertible, which was owned by the former president based upon the facts that we have. So uh, the other ironic thing was I had planned this week uh, with the job that I have, I was actually off Veterans Day, so... Uh, I want to say to all of the veterans out there, thank you so much for the sacrifices, you know, that you made um, in the time that you gave uh, to uh, the United States military. Uh, there's a, you know, it, it, there's a lot of history out there on the Veterans Day. It's always the 11th of November, and it goes back to Armistice Day, I believe is how you pronounce it, many many years ago. So, uh, again, thank you to all the veterans out there. Um, earlier this year, when I started, you know, thinking about, you know, putting this stuff together, I didn't anticipate it kind of taking me this long to really produce the episode. And then earlier this week, Tony Boss Boland, my friend, he had sent me a link to the LBJ Lincoln that, ironically enough, this week popped up on Bring a Trailer, a website. It had been for sale on eBay and through. A couple of sources online you can kind of search and you'll see there's a high dollar amount for this car that they're asking. But when it popped up on Bring a Trailer, I was like, man, this is really, this is very ironic because, again, I had planned with with having Veterans Day off and with the storm coming, I actually had the day prior to that. Um, so it gave me the time, little extra time that I typically don't have uh, to sit down and produce this episode and get it get it in the can, so to speak. Now, ironically enough, I recorded the entire episode. Even though I hit record on my recorder, it did not record, so I'm having to redo everything, which is totally insane, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. Hey, that's show business, right? So again, on this episode, we'll talk about the LBJ Lincoln, the 64 Continental, and uh, much, much more, including the normal stuff that we talk about. If you're a new listener, please subscribe and or follow, depending on how you're listening to the podcast. Um, Apple Podcasts is is you know typically one of the big outlets to listen. So hit uh, subscribe or follow whatever um, that says. Now I know that Apple kind of changed it a little bit to uh, to change the word, but uh, you know typically subscribe, follow. It's free, and then check us out on YouTube. I am producing more content there, so we'll continue to talk about that going forward. That's really where I want to um, you know have all of the content housed, if you will. Now, the podcast itself, you can only listen to a couple of episodes there because for whatever reason, the link was broken. So when I would post them, they wouldn't batch over. And then earlier in the, I think the podcast, I had used a little bit of copyrighted music and then those sometimes get taken down from YouTube. So I kind of moved away from that. But um, I want to thank our title sponsor, Devious Customs, uh, for uh, providing the sponsorship uh, for the overview of this episode. I've told you time and time again, uh, deviouscustoms.com, whether you're looking for air suspension, upgraded door cards, upgraded window switches, upgraded dash components, 
DVS is making pretty much, if you can think about it, they're making it. And if they happen to not be thinking or making it yet, uh, Jeff, believe me, is thinking about it because I talked with him back in September when I was visiting, and he said, yeah, I've got a lot more things in store. So hit up Devious Customs, whether you're a purist or you're looking to do kind of a resto mod, whether it's a full resto mod or maybe a partial resto mod, they've got it all, including gas tanks, air suspension, you name it. Again, DeviousCustoms.com. So uh, before we get to LBJ's 64 Lincoln Continental, I'll just go through the normal updates that I typically provide. And we'll start off with the previous episode recap. I have to thank Brian Fuller for coming on the podcast. I know Tony Boss Bolin met up with me that day when we met in Tampa. And uh, we sat down with Brian. It was a little challenging. I typically don't do a lot of what I call on-site audio. So, you know, going there with kind of the recorders and the, the microphones and, and being in one room, it was a little bit challenging uh, because, again, it's it's not typically something I do, but I was able to work through it. So I apologize for any, you know, hiccups and audio quality. Uh, but, again, it's just one of those things. It's a lot easier for me to record um, in different locations, right, because I do it through the, through the cell phone, through the Mac and all that stuff, and it just makes it a little easier. But... Uh, regardless of that, if you are new, go back and check it out. Brian Fuller is a super talented guy. Not only is he on Carfix, the TV show that's on Motor Trend, he's also on the, let me make sure I say it right, um, Caffeine and Octane, I believe it is, um, from Georgia. He has his own shop, Fuller Motor, um, on Instagram. And uh, he's worked with Chip Foos. He's worked with a lot of people over the years, and he's a great guy. And I also have to thank him. Uh, someone had hit me up recently, and uh, they had reminded me on one of the new episodes, Brian wore a Lincoln Attic shirt on the episode, so I cannot thank him enough for wearing that on TV, and uh, I would remind you, if you want to grab a Lincoln Attic shirt, I literally only have a few left, uh, hit up LincolnAddict.com. You could buy shirts and stickers. I had to replenish my stickers, so a couple of the orders recently uh, those stickers will go out on uh, probably Friday or Saturday this week. And um, again, I do have a few shirts left, so I would super appreciate if you want to show some love, hit up LincolnAddict.com and make an order. But that's kind of the previous episode recap. And um, I got to thank Brian again. Uh, you know, I can't thank him enough for coming on. He's got that awesome convertible, and I do believe he is selling, if he hasn't sold it already, his coupe. So if you're looking for an awesome coupe that's bagged on some Raceline billet wheels, um, hit up Fuller Motor. So I'm going to go on Instagram right now and uh, make sure I'm saying this right. F-U, just type in F-U-L-L-E-R, and then it's M-O-T-O. So there you go. Custom car and motorcycle constructors. And then he also has Fuller, F-U-L-L-E-R, motor shop. That's, I guess, his official uh, for the for the shop name. But uh, really good dude. Again, tip of the cap. Thanks for coming on. The previous episode recap brought to you by our family at Colorado Custom Wheels. Uh, if you go to uh, coloradocustom.com, you'll check out America's Finest Billet Wheels. And one of the great things about Colorado Custom is they've been around about 30 years, give or take. And they make what they call the Lincoln Replica Wheel. It looks just like the hubcap. But it's out of billet. You won't be losing those hubcaps like I have in the past at high speeds on the interstate. Check out ColoradoCustom.com and um, 
invest in your Lincoln with an awesome set of wheels. And remember, they are American-made. I know that uh, sometimes is something that people overlook. But, you know, when I was growing up, they always talked about buy American, American-made. How important is that? Get out there, coloradocustom.com. Uh, I visited there recently, and I'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. Now, this episode, a little bit later, we will get into LBJ's Lincoln Continental, and I'll go through a bunch of data that I've been able to kind of pull up and kind of tell that story. Uh, but before then, I did want to hit on past guest updates. So uh, James at Detroit Deviant, he's got a couple of Instagrams, but his his shop Instagram on Instagram is Detroit Deviant, altogether no underscore. And uh, he and his team, they make unique limited edition custom parts for 60s Lincolns. Now, James, ironically enough, was on our episode number one. And uh, he's just a great guy, makes some great parts. And uh, he's really doing his kind of thing uh, for the niche or niche market of Lincoln Continentals. Now, if I also type in James, uh, it'll come up Spiral Design Works. And uh, I know he's been working pretty pretty heavy on his shop, uh, doing all kinds of little things with putting a new lift up, doing it looks like kind of an epoxy floor, doing some painting, doing all kinds of cool stuff there. So if you want to check him out, Spiral Design Works with an S works, and uh, also Detroit Deviant. Uh, hit him up. Not sure if he'll be doing some Black Friday specials. I think in the past maybe he does you know, offer something. Uh, but he's kind of a smaller business, and I would ask if you get a chance, check him out. And if you want to hear more from him, I believe it was all the way back on episode one, you can hear uh, he's super smart guy and uh, love seeing what he's doing. Now, uh, additionally, again, I mentioned Jeff from Devious Customs. Jeff came on as, as a guest. Uh, he's our title sponsor. And I visited Devious Customs for the first time in person back in September when I went out to California. If you want to check out that video, go on YouTube, look up Lincoln Addict, hit subscribe if you can. It's free. And you can watch the video. I think it's 15, 20 minutes. A little bit of an intro from me. Uh, I go through with video showing a bunch of the high-end builds that they're doing and some of the other kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. And then I also do a recap before I peel out of Riverside uh, to go visit my other buddy's shop, uh, Chris, who's at CNS Metalworks. I went over there. He recently brought a Lincoln back from kind of the grave, if you will. Uh, that's a whole other story. But I got a chance to do a lot of cool things there. But again, I want to give a huge shout out to Jeff at Devious Customs, previous guest. And uh, he's doing the damn thing, as I mentioned, DeviousCustoms.com. Pat Tian, also a previous guest. I know uh, he's had a lot going on up in Canada. They're starting to put their cars away. I think uh, for the winner. So got to thank Pat for always supporting, always chiming in on YouTube, on, on Instagram as well. And again, P-A-T-T-E-A-H-A-N. So Pat and then T-N-T-E-A-H-A-N on Instagram. You can check him out. Uh, Pat, we'll have to get an update, man. Uh, people were asking me about the Champion Radiators. I know you spearheaded working back with Champion to make that happen. And the question has been, they're showing out of stock on their website, and I know they were also selling on eBay. They had the best price on those aluminum radiators. Now the other folks that are making them are, are double the cost. So um, if you do have any updates on that, Pat, let us know, 
and then we'll get the word out. I'm hoping they're going to run another batch. We'll have to see. But uh, I know I love my Champion Radiator on my 64 Lincoln Continental uh, with that 3300 CFM electric fan. That thing stays cool, and I uh, love cruising that. So uh, there are a couple of updates, and I know uh, Frank as well. He's on Instagram, Dad's. 64 Continental, uh, big ups uh, to Frank, good dude. He, he and I text back and forth. I know he's uh, going to be doing a few kind of minor, smaller updates on his 64, drives this thing everywhere. And I know um, with them being up in uh, Canada as well, they, you know, they're starting to kind of plan their winter projects and stuff. Again, something I don't know anything about because I live down here in Florida. But uh, I think those were the few updates that I wanted to give. Um, I guess the only other one I could throw in is John Lyman, Stinkin' Lincoln. I know he recently is in the process of moving his shop. Uh, many of you have followed John for years on Facebook, Instagram, S-T-I-N-K-I-N, Stinkin' Lincoln. He's a good dude. It's been about a year and a half since I've been up that way in kind of the greater Pittsburgh area. Uh, my wife is from that area, so we went up uh, actually, yeah, about a year and a half ago. It was uh, July 4th-ish. We did a family vacation. We went to uh, Cedar Point. Uh, we spent some time in the Pittsburgh area, and I uh, got a chance got a chance to hang out with John back in that that time period. He had hinted that he was looking for a new shop, and um, you know I love the shop that he had, but I think he's he's outgrown it. Uh, he has a lot of parts cars. He's got a lot of clients cars. He's got stuff he owns, and he's always working on stuff. So. Uh, check him out, Stinkin' Lincoln, Facebook, Instagram, good dude. Got a link back up. He and I have got some conversation going about doing an episode uh, talking about who you don't want to buy parts for or, or, or who you don't want to buy parts from. There's a lot of scams out there, and we'll talk more about that. Uh, hopefully, I can put the pedal down and actually produce some more content here for Lincoln Attic Podcast. So past guest updates presented on Lincoln Attic Podcast by Griot's Garage. Uh, I would challenge you to hit up G-R-I-O-T-S, Griot's Garage. Their tagline is, have fun in your garage. Whether you're looking for a wash and detail, polish and wax, buffer and pads, garage and more, uh, they have different tools on their site. They have uh, how-to videos and things like that. They are the best, in my opinion, the best detailing products for your car or truck in the industry. They've been around a long time. And don't just take our word for it. We had Nick from Griot's Garage on not too long ago, and he explained why their products are superior to the competition. Big ups to Nick and team over at Griot's Garage. All right, next I got the Lincoln Life updates, as I call them. And we have had a lot go down since, in kind of the Lincoln world, I guess, in my mind at least, since our last episode. And the big thing that we did was we went to the Raddies, what they refer to as Ratfest. That ties into their name, Raddies, R-A-T-T-Y-S. Ratfest 2022 went down in September. Tony Boss Bowen and his girlfriend, they flew out different flights than me. I went out uh, on, uh, I flew into John Wayne and uh, just had a killer weekend. Uh, the cool thing is, if you want to see some of the behind the scenes stuff that I did. So I'm into pop culture a lot. If you listen to the other podcast I produce, which is our lifestyle podcast, OLP ties in the mini trucks, pop culture, old school BMX, skateboarding, all that kind of fun stuff. 
if if you have ever listened to that or you kind of know some of the things I've hinted at in the past here, you know how much I uh, just love you know pop culture in general, movies and whatnot. Uh, if you go on my personal Instagram at bd94s10, that's at bd like boy delta nine four s one zero. Uh, you'll see if you scroll back to September, early October, the photos that I had posted, and I used a one hashtag ODB's Raddies with an S ODB's Raddies Adventure, um, and if you tap on that, there are. Again, if you tap on that, you'll see um, you have to tap on maybe recent. It'll show top recent and reels. There's, of course, less than 100 photos, but it kind of shows a little behind the scenes of stuff that I did. And uh, coming in on Thursday, I was able to do a bunch of pop culture stuff I wanted to do related to like hip hop albums, stuff that I like from the 90s. On uh, Friday, I kind of did some more of that. I met up with Jeff Thursday night at Devious. I met up with my friend. Um, after the tour of Jeff's facility on Friday, I went over to CNS Metalworks, got a chance to meet up with Chris. Chris has really helped me out uh, with parts, as has Jeff in the past, so I can't thank them enough. I also got a chance to go by Colorado Custom and do um, a, a shop tour. And although I didn't take a lot of video there, I was kind of constrained on time. I did also post that over on the OLP, our lifestyle podcast YouTube channel. So... Uh, I did all that stuff, and then on Friday evening, I got a chance to meet up with Rusty Roberto and some of the other Raddies guys, and then the other crews like Richard Lund from Suicide Slabs, Tony Boss Bolin and Danielle, his girlfriend from Death Row Lincolns. You had the Lincoln Life guys there, uh, Greg and Link Dog, and uh, the Dark Side Lincolns. Uh, they're on Instagram as well, uh, doing those LS swaps. So. We all kind of went over to Roberto's house. Then we we peeled over, went to one of the other friends' houses, and we just kind of hung out. Had a late night, late, late night Friday. Ended up dropping off the rental car at the airport. And by the time we hit in and out Burger for dinner and got back, I mean, it was past 1 a.m. And oh, by the way, when Rusty dropped us off, he goes, hey, we'll be back down here at 4 a.m which I'm like looking at the clock going, dude, that's that's in three hours, right? We haven't even went to bed yet. <laughs> so kind of reliving some of our younger youth. And uh, sure enough, the alarm went off at, um, I don't know, about 3.50, which I got about two hours and maybe two and a half hours sleep, took a shower and went downstairs. And here, here there were, you know, 10 Lincolns, at least at that point, at literally 4.15, 4.20 in the morning, they were there. They were ready to roll. And the reason why we did that, that was um, basically Saturday morning, and we were going to cruise in for a cure. That's at OC Fair Complex there. And we, um, based upon them going in the past, it's an event that you have to get very, you have to get there early to get your good spot. Now, I think with the COVID world we were living in for a couple of years. Rusty had mentioned to me like that event had been canceled. I want to say maybe for two years. So this was kind of the re, um, the re kickoff of cruising for a cure. I don't think I've ever gotten to a car show so early. The good thing for me is being on East Coast time. Kind of mentally, I'm going okay. Well, it's five in the morning. It's really eight a.m. my time, right? So that kind of helped me. And I do get up early for work. So I was like, all right, I got this. But we got there. 
we lined up, everybody turned the cars off, got out, hung out for about 15, 20 minutes, and then boom, you get the signal from the staff. Probably the most well-organized car slash truck show I've ever been to. Everybody was lined up. As more people come in, they did like a double line on the one side. Once everyone fired up their, their rides, we all cruised in. Everything was partitioned off with big uh, you know, cones and things like that. And we were able to get in, and we're literally parked all the Lincolns in our spot by 5.30 a.m. Just insane. So, uh, again, if you tap on that hashtag, my... Or, or excuse me, ODB's with an S, ODB's Raddies with an S adventure, ODB's Raddies adventure. Um, you will see one of those photos I posted uh, showing all the cars lined up there uh, for cru- cruising for a cure. So that was cool. I know Roberto and and Rusty and all the crew, they spent a lot of time really planning ahead with sandwiches, drinks, full coolers, all with ice. So when we got there, we unloaded our stuff. I took the GoPro out and started doing some um, some footage, and I haven't had a chance to pull that together. I mostly did kind of time-lapse type stuff, everybody cruising in. Uh, so we had a good spot, and I had a charger right there. So I literally plugged the GoPro in, hit record, and um, I'm hoping to kind of pull some of the photos together from that and some of the video and get that video out on Lincoln Addict uh, YouTube channel as well. So we'll have to see. But... You know, I could tell you from landing early on Thursday, doing the pop culture stuff for about a day, day and a half, visiting uh, Chris and, and and Jeff at Devious and, of course, Chris at CNS Metalworks, and then doing uh, going over to Colorado Custom Wheels. That was awesome. Michael and team, uh, they're big supporters. They're one of the sponsors of the podcast, so I can't thank them enough. And then from Cru- Cruiser for a Cure on Saturday, and then the uh, Rat Fest on Sunday, just to kind of hit on that. We didn't get up as early on Sunday, thankfully, but we did get up early. Uh, everybody met there at the hotel in uh, Huntington Beach Hotel, and then we cruised over, which was, I don't know, 15, 20-minute drive, it seemed like, maybe uh, 20, 25 at the most, and we went over to their uh, their, their spot, and um, man, what an amazing day. Uh, I think the th- cool thing is I mentioned earlier they brought to they brought together all these Lincoln groups. So there's the guys that go by Lincoln Life. I think it's Greg and and Link Dog. Uh, you have Suicide Slabs with Richard and, and, and team. You have the Raddies, me with Lincoln Addict, Tony Death Row Lincolns. You know everybody's kind of kind of got their own little thing. But it was really cool. And then there's other guys that just kind of show up. They got stock cars or you know mild mildly custom cars. If I had to guess, to, I mean, I don't know, 20 to 30 Lincolns, you know, I, I would say in that range. But then there was also other stuff, a couple VWs, old school trucks. Um, it, it's kind of a cool thing, and they put, have it right there. Uh, we got breakfast at this place. We got lunch there. We had drinks. We had football. We had drop tops. We had sedans. We had a little bit of everything. If you go on my social media, Lincoln Addict, so Facebook or Instagram, uh, what you'll end up seeing is a lot of these photos. And if you look at the Raddies, I've tagged them and pretty much everything that we've posted. Uh, I want to say the main hashtag that I was using, though, was RatFest2022. So R-A-T-F-E-S-T-2022. So uh, you can check out those uh, photos there. And if you want to see everything pulled together, 
then you want to go to YouTube and check out the video that I posted for Ratfest 2022. That's on the Lincoln Addict channel. And again, that was a, a, a little bit of video, uh, a good amount of photos, and um, you know a little bit of lead up to that event. So um, Ratfest 2022, it's in the books. It was one for the ages, and we're looking forward to 2023. We do believe they will announce in the coming weeks or months the dates for next year that are waiting, I think, on Cruising for a Cure to see what they do. That way they could possibly link it up the same weekend. I think it worked well. But we'll leave that up to Roberto, Rusty, and crew. Uh, thanks, Roberto, um, again, for everything you did. Rusty, as well, opening your house on Saturday for all the hooligans, for us all to come back there. You guys ordered pizza, salad. You know, we had beers. We hung out, you know, late into the hour. And it just was a lot of fun. So uh, it's open to all people. You know, come on out next year if you can. Uh, Southern California, I had never been to that region of California before, and it just was beautiful. Very, very good stuff. Ratfest2022 on Instagram. Check out the hashtag. The only other update that I was going to share is just plugging our YouTube channel. Um, if you can, go out there and watch as much as you can. Um, if you're at home or you work from home, you can pull up an extra tab on your browser. Just hit play, maybe listen to them, whatever you want to do. But it, it, it's really helping me out. Um, the more content, obviously, anybody will tell you this, and I've said this before. If you're looking to get into producing content for YouTube, Start doing it. Start doing it now. Start making videos. E even if you don't you know, have a huge production put into each video, get stuff out. People want the content. That's important. And I've been doing that, and the channel continues to grow. So I think I'm around, uh, I'm around the 3,000 hours watched mark. Uh, for anyone that is a YouTube content creator, you have to get to 1,000 subscribers, which were about little less than 200 away, but you also have to get to 4,000, not minutes, 4,000 hours watched. And you would think, hey, that's no big deal. I'll just put out some cool videos. It's not as easy with the way the algorithms are. You can't just throw a video up there and it's going to get 5 million views. It just doesn't work like that. And you really almost don't want that to happen in the beginning because as some of my friends have found, all of those videos that you're posting to get you to the thousand subscribers and 4,000 hours watched, YouTube makes all the money on any of the ads on that. So, you know, some people go, well, you know, why are you so concerned with it? Eh, I'm not so concerned with it, but if I can make a few pennies a month it, or, you know, a, a couple, a couple bucks or, you know, eventually a couple hundred dollars, um, I would love to do that, but it also kind of, if you're a content creator in any way, it gives you a little bit more incentive to want to wake up and go, you know what, I'm going to get that damn video done today, and I'm going to put the other thing that I was going to do on the back burner. So that's how you can help me out. Go to our YouTube channel, just hit play, watch all the videos. If you've watched them before, let them run again. It helps us out, believe it or not. So thank you guys. The Lincoln Life Updates this week brought to you by our family over at AccuWare. We partner really well with them over on OLP. If you are in the market for air suspension, there's one name synonymous with air management, and that is AccuWare. Visit AccuWare.com. That's A-C-C-U-A-I-R.com. You can actually enter your email address uh, to receive basically their newsletter. Uh, they have shirts. They have stickers. They have air fresheners, but most importantly, they have one of the most simple and easy to use air management 
systems on the market, really rather in the history of air management. AccuAir, you literally can start your car and the car will level up to the drive height and you take off. So if you've ever been worried about your significant other uh, driving your airbagged vehicle, whether it's a truck or car, rest assured, they can start the car and they can take right off. You can even control the air suspension with your phone, whether it's an iPhone or Android, with their ECU+. Plus. So it's pretty cool. Uh, you can come out of the, the restaurant and hit number two, and boom, your car will air up as you're walking out to it. Pretty awesome stuff. AccuAir.com. Next, talking about Lincoln Sales, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull back a little bit on trying to help folks sell cars. I recently had posted a few, and you know it's it's a really tough thing because when you're trying to sell cars through social media, or you're at least, I tell people I'm not always trying to sell the car through social media. I'm trying to get the word out. And I've had people like Snoop Dogg chime in on posts. Uh, I've mentioned this in the past. Tony Boss Bolin sold a 58 Lincoln, uh, Continental by Lincoln, uh, to Snoop Dogg. And um, if you go um, on Snoop Dogg's clothing store uh, on Google, you'll see the car parked out there. It was actually delivered Super Bowl weekend this year back in uh, February. Uh, It was customized, of course, after Tony sold it. And uh, Snoop now owns that. But, you know, getting back to Lincoln Sales... It's a tough thing because I follow the online sales, I follow these auctions, I follow these cars pretty much every day. Uh, And some people (laughs) have commented uh, some funny comments whenever I say that and and they think that it's like some sort of misery. Uh, I do it because I like it. It's fun. You know what I mean? Uh, So uh, there's no misery in following what you you love to do. So I look at the sales numbers. I, I have said in the past I am a Haggerty customer. So when I log in there, I can see the valuation tool and whatnot. And just what I have found in 2019, I was able to help people sell a lot of cars and a few guys buy cars, right? So somebody goes, Hey, I'm looking for this. And I go, okay, well, I know a guy selling that. Let's connect these two. Boom. Lincoln goes to a good home. End of story, right? But as time has went on, the more and more I post things, you know, it gets a lot of traction in social media but it ends up with me on the phone with people, you know, talking for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour on, you know, what they want to do, their plans, you know, some guy I don't even know, no offense, and, and it doesn't manifest into much, right? So for me, you guys have heard me say this in the past, I want to produce more content, YouTube and through the podcast, right? Not only here at Lincoln Attic, but over on OLP. So I have to really focus my time and attention on something that, that, that I feel, you know, matters. And like I said, I love talking Lincolns. That's why one of the reasons why I started this podcast, because I can help people, you know, maybe not give away all the secrets, but certainly, you know, for the do it yourselfers, they can kind of get out there, um, or they could take it to their local mechanic and have them do what needs to be done to these cars. But just, I have found the the amount of time that I'm investing in trying to help sell a car that in the last year or two isn't really manifesting into anything. It, it's my time that I'm wasting. And at the end of the day, I can't do all this stuff for free, right? So um, my suggestion to people is still follow Lincoln Addict and my Lincoln Continental Sales. I will still post data about cars. Uh, if somebody is really serious about buying a car for a fee, 
I can help kind of as a consultant, I can help find you a car. I know where a lot of cars are for sale at any given time between Tony and I, we find them all. It seems like, and I'm always happy to help if I can. But again, I just can't keep doing uh, what I'm doing where I'm getting on the phone, spending hours talking to people and nothing manifests from it. You know, it's just the way it goes. I highly suggest that you check out our YouTube channel because I'm doing listing reviews and I found a lot of fun and joy in doing those, not so much to nail the sellers, but to give you insight to what you should be looking for in uh, you know, in these cars if you're looking to buy one. Uh, I get a lot of love on YouTube. A lot of folks have been streaming the content, like I said, and I appreciate it. A lot of good comments, and uh, that's why I do this kind of stuff. So again, uh, it's not a negative thing at all. It's just I don't know how many more cars I'll be helping to try to sell for people. Now, we do get anywhere from three hundred to 500,000 kind of what we call impressions a week depending on how much I post. So I say that if you are serious about selling your car, I'll be happy to post it and just refer the seller to contact you or, or excuse me, refer the buyer to contact you if, if they're serious um, you know, about buying a car, right? So, you know, we could post it up. Uh, we have a huge following of folks, um, even with our kind of smaller, you know, we're, we're hinging on 30,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, of course, a little bit less on Facebook, but, uh, YouTube is growing. And again, you know, in a week it's easily 300 to 500, sometimes up to a million impressions a week. It just depends again, how much I post. And I've been backing off on posting. I think I'm at like two posts a day is my average. And that's just kind of where I want to be. You know, I want to post the high, um, high end content, but not, you know, flood it to the point that the algorithm's going, Oh yeah, you got a hundred views on your photo. You know, it's just not worth my time to post stuff for like, you know, for that. So anyways, I guess to sum it up, I will continue to talk about the market on how Lincolns are going. It's just, uh, I'm going to back down a little bit on trying to help sell these cars uh, we can get the word out, certainly, if you want to uh, sell yours. I know of a few people that have hit me up, including one I would love to buy, but um, th- that are going to be in the market to sell their cars, some nice ones. So if I can post those for a small little fee for my time, I will, and then that will allow folks to hit you up directly to say, hey, I want to buy your car. You can get on the phone with them. They can give you the information on how they're going to pay, and boom, all of that is set in stone. I think that's fair for everyone. And that helps me kind of get out of the process a little bit and focus on creating more content. So that's it, I think, for Lincoln Sales this week. Next, I want to talk about Lincolns in the movies, TV shows, and music videos. I do forget if I've covered this one in the past, and if I have, I apologize. But the holidays are here. It doesn't really feel like it in Florida. We just had a hurricane, right? It feels still like it's summer. I think today's going to be a high of 81 one of my favorite holiday movies or franchises, rather, is Home Alone. And I would challenge you over the holidays, if you are a fan of this movie, in Home Alone 2, the New York Home Alone, if you will. There's two Lincolns in it, I think. There's one that's a newer school for that time, and then there's the old school 60s Lincoln. Can you spot the Lincoln? I think I posted it one time in social media, and I was watching it. Big fan of Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2, although I was born in the late 70s. Being an 80s kid, early 90s, those were just classic times going to the movie theater with friends, 
watching these uh, classic movies. Uh, John Williams, the score for these movies, uh, unbelievable. Just really kind of gets you in the holiday spirit, at least it does for me. And when you're watching Home Alone 2, see if you could spot the 60s Lincoln. When I was watching it one day, I was like, oh, look at that. My eyes zoomed right into it, and I had never seen it before. So check it out, and um, yeah, see if you can find one, and you know, you'll be playing along here with Lincoln Attic Podcast for Lincolns in the movies, TV shows, and music videos. Next, my Lincoln Continentals, not a lot of updates to share. The 65 Lincoln Continental convertible that we call Rita Hayworth, I did purchase the air-conditioned components. I want to say I did a video. I know I posted in social media to talk about those components. Uh, Blair, Teresa, and I were going to tackle doing the upgrade of the system. However, we just haven't had a chance. I haven't had a chance to link up with them. Some of the weekends have been busy. My son's uh, born day, uh, birthday, if you will, was just recently. And we kind of been doing a little bit of family stuff. And I've been helping my mom with things at the house. So I haven't had a chance to get over there. I had hoped to do the AC upgrade by the Tampa Kennedy Cruise, which is going to be in about a week from now. I can't believe it. The 19th of November. We're going to meet at 10 a.m. off Kennedy Boulevard at Dick's Sporting Goods. I wanted to get it all done by then. Wasn't really a pressing issue, but it looks like it's going to go into December. We will upgrade that. I'll do a video. I'll share it on social media. And I got to thank Teresa Connor, a.k.a. TC, for the help in ordering these parts. People have asked, hey, can I... Uh, you know, can I order these parts? You know, can I get the new evaporator? Can I get this da, 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 condenser? And um, I don't know if they're going to be offering those parts, you know, to, to be able to call them. I'll certainly get that information out when I do the video for YouTube. But I think here's the key. I bought the 65, such a nice car. Again, thanks to Robert for selling it. I have had plans to do a few things. I haven't done as much as I wanted to. I can't believe it's been a year. I got the car in September last year, so basically 14 months, and the car is just so nice. I've done just a couple small things, and it's so nice. It's like I don't really want to dive into it. I mean, it doesn't really need a lot. Now, Tony is going to help me rebuild the steering column. We do need to do the timing gear on it, so I haven't been driving the car as much. You know, those kind of things. The AC, I think, will kind of kick off, you know, you know, starting to do some mods to it, you know, upgrade it a little bit here and there. But as I've said from the beginning, and I'm sticking to my story, this car isn't going to get a lot of stuff done to it. I mean, it's just this nice of a car. I do have a new top to go on it, but I'm like, man, the top that's on it, it's not even that bad. I know Robert's probably going to cringe because, you know, all of that stuff, you know, he, he was envisioning seeing it all on there, but I'm like, man, it's such a nice car. And in Florida, unless it's raining, top's down, right? Um, right now, we're actually getting to what we call vert weather. It's a little cooler out, high of maybe 81, high 70s. I mean, that's where we want to be uh, with the top down, right? So I don't know how far I'll dive into the car. I do know, again, I'm going to do the timing setup on it. When I do that, I'll probably end up doing a water pump. I'll do some of these things. Uh, the AC will get done. The The custom car stereo, I think that's going to go in it, is going to be really awesome. Uh, I've got some big plans for that, and I think it's going to be very classy uh, if I can kind of see this through in terms of my vision on it. So more to come on that. Those are the updates for Project Smugglers Blues, Rita Hayworth as well. 
Now, uh, at the end, I'll give some shout-outs. I'll give one big shout-out. And I think now is the time to get into the meat and potatoes of the LBJ 64 Lincoln Continental. And i got to thank Steel Rubber. I have talked uh, time and time again about Steel Rubber, S-T-E-E-L-E, rubber.com. Hit them up. Right on their website, you can do an automotive search, the year, make, model, and style of your Lincoln Continental convertible. As I've said in the past, this is one of the things that people just do not do when they go to sell their cars, and I don't see this enough called out. If you upgrade all of your uh, moldings and weather stripping, if you will, it's going to add value to your car. And if I look at 65 Lincoln Continental Convertible, there's 40 items they sell. Everything from the roof rail kit to the windshield gasket, rear door, weather strips, trunk, luggage compartment, you name it, they've got it. Don't just take my word for it. We had steel rubber on back in the catalog of Lincoln Attic Podcast, and you can listen to them explain from the owner exactly why their products are superior than the competition. I guarantee if you add all these to your Lincoln and you bullet point out what you've done if and when you go to sell your car, that's a value added to your sedan or convertible or, of course, coupe if you've got a later model Lincoln. So, With that being said, huge shout out, Steel Rubber. All right, so let's jump into this. I kind of want to start a little bit and tie in the JFK connection to this car. And I also want to reinforce, literally, if you're an early listener of this podcast, this car is literally for sale right now on Bring a Trailer. Now, I don't have a paid sponsorship with Bring a Trailer. I just do reviews on there because it's the hot site. If you think about the old days, it was like Auto Trader. And some of those local places, that's how you'd sell a car. And then with the advent of the internet, eBay became popular. You had Craigslist that blew up. Then you have Facebook Marketplace, which is still an active spot, right? I think people sell stuff, especially locally. And then now you have Bring a Trailer. And and obviously there's some other ones in there as well, but... That's kind of the progression that I've seen, and Bring a Trailer is a fantastic site. A lot of people are using it. I think the fees are possibly attractive to people, but they also put together a good story for the car. They break down uh, the, the kind of the the uh, VIN plates, if you will, and uh, they just do a good job. So I always enjoy going to their site and doing the different reviews. So again, bringatrailer.com, you can type in Lincoln, and you'll see this car pop up. If you listen to this after the auction ends, you can still go there and you can scroll back and see all of the historical sales. So all of that information remains there. So you'll get a chance to see what the car sold for. Now, speaking of that, as I go through this content, I'll challenge you at the end to come up with what do you think the car is going to sell for? So I'm going to post it in social media on my Lincoln Addict and Lincoln Continental Sales and Let's see who can chime in. The person that gets the closest, I will send a free Lincoln Attic sticker to you in the U.S., the U.S. of A. And so let's see. You guys play along. We'll see if we can do this. So LBJ, Lyndon Bain Johnson's 1964 Lincoln Continental Convertible. So earlier this year, as I mentioned, I had began researching something I stumbled across. I always was intrigued by the fact that JFK who you guys know I grew up reading about due to my birthday being on 1123. 
he was assassinated on 11-22. There were all the different specials and conspiracy theories and all this stuff. And I would see all that stuff around my birthday, so I would just watch it, right? I was intrigued. I was intrigued by the car. I was intrigued by, you know, who, who killed the president. I've read a lot of books over the years. You know, that's a whole other podcast. But um, that, I think, in part, is what drew my attention to these Lincoln like, Continental Convertibles, uh, of course, you know, his was a special one, SS100X, uh, I think it was. And, you know, but but still, I was like, man, this, this car is cool. And, you know, I've talked about that in the past. Now, JFK's limo was a 61 with a 62 grill. We've talked about that. That's well established. You can kind of go out there and you can find more information on it. Now, one thing I was always intrigued about uh, was... With me owning the press kit for the 64 Lincoln Continental Convertible, that gives a little bit of insight to when those cars were going to be introduced at dealerships. I've always been curious if JFK rode in a 64, and in photos during his visit to Tampa, you could see him in a 64 Lincoln. So I finally realized what I had believed for a while after analyzing the photos that JFK did in fact ride in a 64. Now, I posted that recently, and someone did chime in with another photo of him in another city riding in a 64. So you can imagine with the 64s coming out when they did, you know, let's say a month, month and a half-ish, you know, he probably rode in, I mean, every city he went to, if they had a Lincoln, and it was, you know, and, and you know, they're going to want to have the best of the best for the president. But again, it was always intriguing to me you know, did he ride in a 64? And we know that he did. So that'll kind of tie into the story here in a few minutes. Now, in social media, I posted the past couple of years about when the 64 Lincoln Continental Convertible or Continental in general was made available to the press and when it would be available to customers at dealerships. And again, I own the 64 Continental uh, press kit. And for those that don't know, the press kit was something that was sent out by Public Relations Department of Lincoln Mercury Division of the Ford Motor Company from Dearborn, Michigan, to various agencies to give them a heads up of the news coming. So this is long before email, folks. Uh, this is how they did things. They would literally type it up, uh, I guess, on a typewriter and, and make copies. It kind of seems... Um, it's no different than today when the press are brought into uh, maybe a product launch. I, I dealt with this a lot uh, working in the cellular industry for 20 years when we would have new uh, cell phones about to come out. They would have to bring the press up to speed on said new device, but how do they do that in this day and age when information leaks out so easily? So what they would do is they would you know give the press the information they put them under i think it's called an embargo where they can't share or release information until x date now the press kit that i have uh says photographs and stories for the 64 Lincoln continental convertibles are for release wednesday september 18th 1963 the new lincoln continental will be introduced in Lincoln Mercury dealerships on Wednesday, October 2nd, 1963. So again, if you think October 2nd to November 22nd when President was assassinated, you know, give or take, you know, f six weeks or so, right, that the cars were, were out, you know, to the public. Now, with JFK's untimely death on 11-22-63, like I said, less than two months, the cars were available. Now, what does... Lyndon Johnson's looking to have to do with all of this, right? 
So unfortunately, after his assassination, JFK's, when his casket is being loaded into Air Force One, you see a, a, a 64 Lincoln Continental convertible in the background, kind of on the tarmac. That always intrigued me as I started getting into Lincoln's more and more over the years, I kind of realized, hey, wait a minute, in November of 63, the 64 was available. And then obviously I've you know, dug up more and more information and kind of started collecting things like the press kit that get, you know, gives us the confirmation on when the car, like I said earlier, was available. Now, Johnson 64 has been up for sale prior. And what you're going to find is in the research I've done, that car that's in the background that's on the tarmac was Lyndon Johnson's car. So to me, it's kind of crazy that the car that you can buy right now was literally there on the tarmac when JFK's casket was being loaded into Air Force One back on November 22nd, 1963. Now this car, like I said, has been for sale prior. And actually, when I started working on this episode, it was on eBay at the time, coming in with an asking price of 250000 Now, this prompted me to start, you know, to, to want to produce a Lincoln Attic podcast episode surrounding the car. So here we are now, me putting it together finally. Now, my goal is to break down the car or, or break down the story as clear as possible without going too far overboard, which I think I'm too late for that. But just know, even when a famous name such as a U.S. president is tied to a car, it doesn't always mean the car is perfect or has a perfect history. You know, was it maintained well? You know, what was the restoration? If so, you know, all of that stuff, again, I think a lot of people, especially I'm bringing a trailer, they're like, oh, wow, you see it. It looks like a great car. LBJ tied to it. It's got some literature with it. And you go, man, you know, ears go up antennas go up, so to speak, and boom, you know, that's usually going to drive the price. So I kind of wanted to dive down to what information, if any, is available on, you know, when did LBJ obtain the car? What was the history, if any, after LBJ owned it and so on and so forth. Now, like I said earlier, ironically enough, with Hurricane Nicole hitting this week in the state of Florida, you know, I was basically looking to produce and, and, and finish. I told myself at the beginning of the week, look, I need to sit down, get the audio in the can, and edit it and get it out. Tony Boss Bolin hits me up literally on Thursday the 10th with a link, and you guessed it. He goes, hey, check this out, which was Lyndon Johnson's Lincoln. Now, as I said earlier on Bring a Trailer, I was like, whoa, what are the chances? So here is the story as I've come to understand it based upon my research of LBJ's 64 Lincoln Continental Convertible. Now, this information was compiled through various sites, so I'll do my best, as always, to credit those sites. And this information is all available out there. Uh, some is a little bit harder maybe to find, but this is usually what I go through if I'm trying to research a subject. Now, granted, there's probably some more stuff out there. I can't cover every single facet but to help tell the story, this is kind of the highlights, at least, from my research. Now, Christie's sold this car in August 05. So this same car, apparently, was sold, just so everyone knows, give or take, 17 years ago, 94000 I believe that was with fees. Now, it was expected to bring in forty to sixty k, And you can imagine, I think even back... In the mid 2000s, so like let's say 05, I don't think these cars had really caught 
caught on as much as they have now. You know, a lot of people want them. People maybe have a little bit more money to spend in terms of they're getting older. They're like, hey, I've always wanted one of these cars. You know, many of us credit Entourage, the TV show, with going, hey, you know, people going, what, what car is that? That's pretty cool. Four-door convertible, oh, suicide doors. That seemed to have driven the market, you know, especially with younger people, too, going, hey, I want one of those cars, man. That's pretty awesome. Some people remember their grandfather, their parents owned them when they were kids as well. But, again, going back to 05, it sold for 94 k Now, that's about all I can find in terms of a sale price, um, of the car, I, I do think that maybe it's sold a couple times over the course of time, but I don't know that the information's out there. Now, Christie's goes on to say the car we offer for sale was the 405th built in early September 63 as a 64-year model. We've established that earlier. Upon completion, it was shipped to Dallas, Texas, and bought new by the former president of the United States, Lyndon B. Johnson. Now, when this was written in 05, they're obviously saying the former president because they're telling the story in the past tense. President Johnson enjoyed being behind the wheel of his automobiles, and quite a few stories exist of him having tours of his ranch in the convertible Lincoln at dizzying speeds, frightening passengers, and sending grazing cattle in every direction. They go on to say ownership subsequently passed through several owners' before ending up with Nick Karalj, I believe is how you say it, K-R-A-L-J. So for the rest of this podcast, I'm going to say Nick K. So he was an Austin-based lobbyist. Apparently the car had been to several shops until Mr. K commissioned Jeff's Resurrections of Austin, Texas for a complete restoration in the mid-1990s. So if you were in the market to buy this car, what you want to know is the car was restored, give or take, let's let's call it you know, 25, 30 years ago. Nearly two years later, the car was ready and debuted as one of the special guests at Lincoln Motor Company's 75th anniversary. And if you think about it, we just hit the we just hit the um, the hundredth anniversary of Lincoln. So you know, again, going back 25 years or so, it debuts. For the 75th anniversary of Lincoln, of course, the restoration started a couple of years before that. Now, Continental Commons, which is kind of that LCOC, that Lincoln Continental's owner club, they're still around. Continental Commons is that magazine that's published by the LCOC. They did a write-up on the subject uh, for their July-August 99 issue, where they provided further details about this car in a section titled Nick K's. Nick Cradgels, right? I think is how you say it. Nick K's 1964 Lincoln Continental Convertible, the LBJ car. This is one of the best sources, I think, for any information that I found other than Christie's and a couple of the different websites where I'll quote um, some information here. Now, they interviewed Jeff Snyder, who did the restoration on the car. So if I was looking or I was in the market to buy this, whether I was a museum or I was a private collector or maybe I just wanted to have this car... Uh, for whatever reason, I would want someone or myself to go and research and try to find as much information as possible. When you look at this car and bring a trailer, to me it looks really nice. It really does. Even underneath it, I think it kind of shows that they did the restoration. You kind of see the paint underneath it versus the normal 
underbody spray and that texture that you're used to seeing. Uh, some of those things I think you'll see and go, wow, that looks really clean. Even the front cross member is all painted white and it's pretty clean. You know, usually they're dingy. They're never painted color to match. So you can tell, you know, going back 25, 30 years, this was a nice restoration that they did. And I would want to know, hey, if I'm investing a hundred plus thousand dollars in a car potentially, how nice of a restoration was it? And typically, if the car was restored in the 90s, you're never going to have photos or anything unless the owner has those. So here, we've got some historical information when Continental Comments spoke to, again, Jeff Snyder. Now, they go on to ask him, uh, how did Nick acquire the car? And Snyder says, the car is a very early 64 model. We have magazine articles from one of the weekly magazines where the Lincoln's sitting on the tarmac where they're putting Kennedy's coffin into Air Force One after he was assassinated. So LBJ had this car before Kennedy was was shot, end quote. Now, I took a photo at the Sixth Floor Museum in Dallas when I visited, and of course, there's a blown-up photo of this. And I think I may have maybe shared it in the past. Um, it's one that I don't like to share just because it's, it's, a, it's a saddening moment. I guess, you know, it's just not something I like to highlight. But I'll probably share it just to kind of reinforce the photo, you know, that ties into this story. That's the car. And again, you can go out there and I'm sure do a Google image search and you could find that image. Uh, so don't, you know, think that it's not out there. It's, it's definitely out there. But that car is boom right there in, in the background and you can see it. Now, Nick found out through a banker that the car was for sale. The LBJ company owned the car and it was sold to an individual. That individual needed to sell it for whatever reason and the banker friend of Nick's found out about it. That was in the late 70s or 80s according to uh, Christie's or, or, or according to this article on uh, Continental Comments. Now based upon the information I mean, th that we have, we pretty much go, yeah, I mean, we're, we're pretty certain it is LBJ's car. Although Continental Comments, they do make uh, a comment, pun intended, I guess. They do make a comment in the write-up that was kind of a little confusing, which I'll, I'll get to in a minute. Now, Nick K purchased the car, as I said earlier, for about $94, 95K. I'm guessing that was with fees. And with the estimate to, to be 40 to 60K, you kind of go, wow. Now... One thing, unless I'm missing it, I don't think I uncovered how much he paid for the car. So there's no, there's nothing definitive on, on what Nick K paid. You know, back in the late 70s, early 80s, Chris Dunn and others will tell you that, you know, these cars, I mean, was there really a big market for them at that point? You know, they're 15 years old, give or take, and they're boats. Uh, they're coming out of the high gas prices of the 70s and... I mean, what were these cars worth if they were a basket case, which we'll kind of get to? I mean, he may have been able to get the car for a few grand. I mean, we don't know. Now, of course, with LBJ's name tied to it, and if a friend told a friend that it was for sale, like, I don't know, you know, was it three grand, five grand, ten grand, or more? We just don't know, um, as far as what I've been able to find, what Nick K paid for the car. We do know, like I said, it sold back, you know, 17 years ago for... 9495k. Now, Continental Comments July August 99 issue they um, they have in that issue there's an article titled Restoring 60s Lincoln Continental Convertibles for Show. And 
they did interviews at a show in Dallas in 1999. Now, on page 16 of this issue, there's so much history, by the way, in, in, in these issues, and uh, I'm so thankful for these publications because we can go back and we can find, you know, we can kind of find some of these stories, which I think is just fantastic. So in, in a subsection of this article, it says Nick K, 64 Lincoln Continental Convertible, the LBJ car. The biggest restoration challenge of any car at Dallas was LBJ's 64 Lincoln Continental Convertible because others had attempted this restoration and had not completed it. And this was the first time that the restoration shop had done a Lincoln Continental Convertible. So this was kind of a unique perspective for them to interview someone that said, hey, you restored this car. It looks great. You guys just won a couple of awards. How easy was it a restoration? And you can imagine they're probably pulling their hair out the whole time. Now, they do go on to say in Continental Comments number 152, the second quarter of 83, there was an article on Lyndon Baines Johnson 64 Lincoln Continental Convertible. At the time, this car belonged to the Museum of Transportation in San Antonio, Texas. And it was planned that the museum would have the car restored. We do not know. So this is kind of confusing. It says, we do not know what happened to the car. And we do not believe it is the same car that Nick K entered in the 1999 Mid-American National Meet in Dallas. So I don't know what they were insinuating there. I have seen comments online from people that have said, oh, I think I remember seeing it at the such and such museum, maybe this museum. And some people, you know, I think I saw a few comments where they, they mentioned maybe there were two cars. Uh, you know, I don't know I don't know what Continental Comments is insinuating there if they're saying, hey, is this the car, is it not the car? I'm not going down that bunny trail. You know, what I think is, hey, this is LBJ's car. I don't have anything to, to, to say that it's not. I just think that the comment uh, in the LCOC magazine clipping was a little odd. That's all I'm saying. Now, it does go on to say LBJ loved Lincolns. Get this. He had 26 Lincolns that he bought for a dollar from Roy Butler, the local Lincoln dealer in the Austin area. That goes back to what did LBJ pay for this car? You know, being that he was a was a political figure, he's president of the United States, I mean, he may have got this car for, for basically a dollar. You know, maybe it was a write-off for the business. You know, obviously he wants to hook up, you know, the president, he can then say, hey, I, yeah, you know, I sell cars to the president of the United States. You know, whatever the story is there, but but pretty intriguing. The car was bought or was brought to Dallas uh, for the meet by Jeff Snyder, who owns the restoration shop, as we said, in Austin, Texas. Now, they do go on to ask him, how did Nick happen to acquire it? Uh, we kind of went over that, and it kind of talks about the fact that it was the car, apparently, that was on the tarmac. So that's where I got that intel from. Uh, very intriguing. I mean, it could have been any random Lincoln that was a new model there in Dallas, but because of these uh, written words, we're able to kind of trace it back. So I think that's great. Nick found um, the car again through a banker that that the car was for sale. That's how he acquired it. Now, here's the key part. So if I was looking to buy this car or invest in it, Again, the photos overall make it look like, man, I mean, it is a nice car, I think, but how good of a restoration? At least from what I can tell, top-notch restoration. So here's the key. They ask him what kind of shape was the car in. Uh, Snyder says it was probably just a rough driver. When I got it, I was 
the fourth restoration shop that had it. It was a bare tub that had been partially painted, and it took five pickup loads of parts to get it back to the shop, as well as two parts cars that they had purchased. Nick tried to get the car in shape by taking it here and taking it there, and they were all just making a big mess of it. So it's what TC and others would call a basket case. Uh, Oftentimes these cars over the years, even going back, of course, to the 70s or 80s, early 90s, these cars are taken to, to people that maybe are just normal, used to, you know, normal body shops or, oh, yeah, we do restorations and stuff. These cars really aren't for the faint of heart, I think is how you say it. I mean, you really have to kind of know what you're doing or have the patience. I know Tony, uh, Boss Boland, he was working on a blue 66, I think it is. And, you know, he, it's mind-blowing. Like, the guy, the owner of the car uh, took the car to get, like, the carpet replaced. And, like, the shop that, that did it, like, mangled the door panels to get them apart to do the the, the bottoms of the doors, you know, where the carpet's at. And it's just like we were looking at some of the stuff and we're like, dude, like basically <laughs> they're just ripping things apart. Like get a screwdriver, take this stuff apart. It's just mind-blowing. So, again, you have to be very careful. And like what this story is saying as well is that that's what was happening back then. Someone that really had no business taking on this type of job, they did it you know, two, three times before it gets to uh, Jeff Snyder's place there. So finally, in 88, Nick found one guy who said he would do a complete restoration. He took the car apart, and then, we've heard this before, he got ill, and he had to give up. So the car went into two other shops, and they, of course, did what? Very little. Uh, We got the car in 1993. They go on to ask him, when did you do the car? Or or then what did you do to the car? Uh, We took a step back. We looked at what we had and what they had done and straightened out everything that needed to be done and laid out all of the parts, replated, and refurnished everything and put it together. That's key because if you go back 25, 30 years and you do a restoration, things were a lot less expensive, I guess you could say at that time, right? A lot more affordable, you know, you would assume, you know, chroming and things like that. So I guarantee if if they did a really good knockdown job of, you know, replating things and whatnot back in that era, a lot of that stuff should be still very, very nice even today. So that's a huge win because if you start to restore one of these cars that's a basket case today, good luck. I mean, you're easily going to be over a hundred grand easy, I would say, if you were going to do it to a level that I think this car is at currently right now. Uh, they ask, did you rewire the car? So I don't know where that question, maybe they're trying to get down to like how bare bones did you guys go? Snyder says the wiring harness is original, but it was rewrapped. We replaced what wiring needed to be replaced, but we tried to keep it as original or original as possible. The whole car has been completely rebuilt, including the engine and all of the mechanical components and the top mechanism. The bodywork and paint had been redone, the top and upholstery as well. We did everything ourselves but the upholstery and chrome. We did the engine ourselves. The car has a Ron Baker top. So Baker's Auto up in that Connecticut area, I believe his name was Ron Baker. And, of course, that was one of the go-to spots even back in those days 
uh, to get parts, as was, of course, Lincoln Land. Now, they go on to ask him what were some of the toughest things about the restoration. So he kind of goes on to say that uh, a lot of the parts were bagged and tagged, but they uh, had pencil writing. So I would encourage people, if you're doing... Uh, a restoration, you're bagging and tagging parts, you use a Sharpie. They said basically, un- unfortunately, the uh, the pencil marks were completely gone and had disappeared, of course. Uh, we had a wiring harness marked in pencil, and we looked at the tags, and they were blank, so you can imagine how that's going to go. One of the parts cars was a convertible, and one was a sedan. So this is the interesting thing. They said the convertible donated most of its parts because it was a real rusty car. The sedan was there uh, where they got most of the sheet metal that needed replacing. The guy started the restoration did most or the guy that started the restoration did most of the sheet metal work. but when they did the sheet metal work, they they never fitted the doors and the hood and the trunk uh, and they painted everything. So I don't know if he was just trying to say the stuff was kind of bolted on or it just wasn't gapped. I think is what he's trying to say is it just wasn't all gapped correctly and things like that. So when we got it, we pretty much had to strip it all the way back down, refit everything, and we still had to replace some of the door skins, which we took off the parts car. All of the work we did was metal finished in uh, with lead and no Bondo work. That's probably why the body work is holding up as well as it uh, it is because it was 1995 when we did the car. Uh, they asked him, had, had they done any other cars that are Lincolns? And he said, no, we mostly did Jags. So it kind of shows that it was a high-end uh, restorer uh, if they're obviously doing all of their works were Jags for the most part. That's kind of the meat and potatoes of, of that story. And I think what's what's cool about it is, again, if you look at the photos, you know, you see underneath the car, and my guess is like they would have done the floor pans on it. That's why underneath the floor pans, instead of having that normal texture, they're kind of clean and they're painted. They're... There's no telling on how many other body parts were replaced. Uh, there's not a lot of photos, or there's no photos showing kind of the restoration. You know, was a fender bad? Was it just the floor pans? When you start talking about body panels being replaced, your guess is as good as mine. Like, you know, how much of the stuff was rusty? Now, my thing is, Texas isn't a state where the cars are going to get really rusty, right? So it's not the rust belt, but you know, maybe in the 70s into the 80s maybe did it sit outside did it get water damage in it you know those are the things that we don't know you would assume a president of the united states owning this car when he owned it and drove it it was probably very very well taken care of Um, at some point it ends up in the museum that we talked about and who knows from there but again with the body panel question i look at it and say you know based upon the current photos you know it could have been a deck lid it could have been the floor pans. They talked about changing door skins, so that's kind of a big thing. Um, but, again, if you look at the photos on Bring a Trailer, which I'll share a couple of them, to me, it looks like a really nice car. And if you were to do all of this stuff now, certainly it's going to cost a lot. I did notice like some of the braces underneath where the floor pans, so like you look under the car, and you know you have those braces. So if you've ever replaced the floor pans on these Lincolns, you got to cut the metal out on top, and then you've got those braces underneath. Some of that stuff kind of looks like maybe it was, you know, it, it's not exactly the way it would have been from the factory. And I don't mean that in a negative way at all. It looks actually really clean. But whether they kind of went in there and maybe welded a little bit more, or you know, I don't know what else they would have done. 
But all I can tell you is when you look under the car, it looks really, really clean, including that front cradle. Again, those are not painted from the factory. Those are always kind of that black uh, and typically very, very dirty. All of that stuff, at least in the photos I can see, looks really nice, and it's all painted white. So more than likely, of course, when the engine's out, they, they shot the whole engine bay, uh, cleaned it all. And uh, that looks pretty good. The interior looks good. I did notice that it has a two-port um, fuel pump, so I would trash that and put a uh, three-port on it, of course. Of course, I've talked about that in the past. Now, NPS, which is the National Park Service, I had found an interesting uh, tidbit on their website. And um, it was titled, like, these cars are are probably most associated with President Johnson. So if you Google this, you could find it. Uh, here is special assistant Joseph Califano Jr. Uh, recalling a ride with the president. So this is kind of funny. Uh, in the early afternoon, the president, with me next to him in the front seat, took his white Lincoln convertible top down for a drive around the ranch. It was incredibly hot. The dust clouds made it hard to breathe. But there was relief. As we drove around, we were followed by a car and a station wagon with Secret Service agents. The president drank Cuddy Sark, S-A-R-K, uh, scotch and soda out of a large white plastic foam cup. Periodically, Johnson would slow down, hold his left arm outside the car, shaking the cup in ice. A Secret Service agent would run up to the car, take the cup, go back to the station wagon. There, another agent would refill it with ice, scotch, and soda as the first agent trotted behind the wagon. Then the first agent would run the refilled cup up to LBJ's outstretched and waiting hand as the president's car moved slowly <laughs> along, end quote. So interesting story there, and you can imagine back in the day really giving, uh, you know, not really giving a you-know-what, uh, cruising around his ranch, having a good time. There are photos of LBJ. I'll share a couple of them. There's also some with this auction, which I think is neat, and some old, I'm guessing vintage campaign stickers I think I saw with it. So that's pretty neat. But talk about drinking and driving. You know, Of course, it's on private property there, but those are some of the things I think the presidents kind of get away with because they need their, uh, they need their time away from the madness, right? So uh, pretty cool story there. Now, I just thought it would be kind of a cool story to kind of share. Now, again, what I'm curious about is what do you think the car will sell for? So I know you're, you're starting to think now, like, well, what's it at? So we'll cover that. And what do you think the number is going to be? Ironically enough, when it was for sale on eBay, it was about 250 k And it is also on one website now. I don't know if it's the, the company that owns the car or the person that owns it. But it's out there right now for like 245 and change, right? So 245, 250k is what they were asking for the car. Now, when I post on Lincoln Addict Instagram and Facebook, chime in. Uh, whoever gets the closest or exact, I'll send a Lincoln a sticker, Lincoln Addict sticker out to you guys. Now, like I said, you know, looking back at it, talking on this whole long episode. You know, there's there's some interesting things about it. I think, you know, just to kind of recap, you know, Johnson gets the car brand new. He drives it. He enjoys it. It's on his ranch there in Texas. It goes to that one museum. Someone ends up acquiring the car. Late 70s, early 80s. Goes to a bunch of shops. It's kind of a basket case. Thanks to Jeff Snyder and team, they get the car back on track. It goes to the 75th anniversary of Lincoln, or of Lincoln 
uh, motor company wins an award. It sells in what did I say? Oh five for like ninety four, ninety five thousand dollars. And of course, you know, someone probably buys it. I don't know if they throw it in a museum where it goes for the past seventeen years. And now someone is going to make some money because the car right now is seventy five grand. Right, that's the current bid on Bring a Trailer. So uh, hit up Bring a Trailer dot com. You can uh, type in Lincoln at the top, and of course, scroll down. And when I recorded this episode last night, it was six days left. Now, of course, in the morning, it's five days left, $75,000, 60 comments. I have a couple comments on there as well. Uh, They did add a, uh, like in a magnet, if you will, on the driver's door that says President Lyndon Johnson's uh, Lincoln. Or, yeah, Lincoln, I think it says. There's two videos uh, showing the car a walk around and a test drive. Uh, it is the Arctic White with beige interior. It was manufactured on September 9th. So, again, it was an early 64, obviously, for it to be if it's the car that was on the tarmac. And uh, Bring a Trailer, of course, breaks down the trim plate, which I sometimes will call the VIN plate. But um, you can check that stuff out up there. And like I said, I just thought it would be a cool car to talk about a little bit. And I definitely apologize for taking so long to get this episode out. I really thought, did I want to go into all this detail? And I was like, you know, I did all the research. I wanted to kind of quote some of this stuff, and I did. So, hey, the good thing is the episode is about to wrap. Uh, Again, I want to thank Devious Customs. I know some of you are going, well, hey, I've got a stock Lincoln. I don't want to do air suspension. You know, what possibly could Jeff have for me? Well, even though there's guys out there that rebuild the window switches, one thing that I like to point out to me or to to people is that like, let's say you don't want to send your old switches out or if your switches have been rebuilt so many times, they can't be rebuilt anymore. If you go on deviouscustoms.com, he has 64 and 65 Lincoln Continental door control units, he calls them. So what you can do is, although they don't look exactly 100% to the factory, you can actually put in a newer style window switch, okay? The stuff isn't cheap, but you have to make that determination. Do you want to upgrade your car? Do you want to maybe go to the usual suspects and have your window switches rebuilt? He's got uh, alternators, billet firewall uh, bulkhead pieces if you're doing custom setup, billet pedal sets. He's got the uh, billet hood hinge uh, sets, the door lock knobs, speaker panels, all kinds of different stuff, including the Dakota Digital Gauges. So, again, don't just take our word for it. Um, Hit up deviouscustoms.com, and we appreciate what Jeff and team does for the Lincoln community. Last but certainly not least, I want to give a huge shout-out. As I mentioned earlier, I'll give a shout-out on this episode to Nick at Slab Shack. Nick Humerick, I don't know if I've ever given him a shout-out, but he does custom interiors and specializes in building and restoring 60s Suicide Door Lincoln Continentals. If you're on Instagram, I believe Facebook as well, look up Slab Shack, and it's at Slab underscore Shack. If you look at his Instagram and see some of the interiors he's done, again, everything from restoring a Lincoln interior kind of back to even better than original, and of course, some customization. I think he offers some different products like those uh, famous center consoles that he sells. He's done some very, very cool things. I know he built a a 65. 
years ago that had a cool trunk set up in it as well. But uh, appreciate all the support, Nick. Uh, I know he's a hardworking dude. I think he's you know five, six, you know at least five days, if not uh, every week, six days a week. So I don't know that we'll get a chance to get him on the podcast. He of course can come on any time, but uh, certainly love what he does. Check him out, Slab Shack, good dude out there in Arizona. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think that's it. You know, again, imagine buying something for 94k in nine or 2005, and then now. I would say it's at least going to go for that much, if not more. So we will see. I'll be all eyes peeled to the site to bring a trailer when that closes. So if today's the 11th, I would say it's going to be, what, the 16th? And ironically enough, that's the week before JFK's assassination or maybe the week of. Let me take a look here. Yeah, the week before. That's one just just under a week to the day that JFK was assassinated on 11-22 of 1963. So the last thing I'll say is if you're in the Tampa area or Florida and you want to come to town on 11-19, so that is in a week on Saturday, 11-19, we're going to meet at 10 a.m. Eastern time at Dick's Sporting Goods off Kennedy Boulevard. We'll kind of retrace a little bit on what uh, JFK's route was when he came here before his trip to Texas. In 1963, uh, we'll do our Tampa Kennedy Cruise, which is our fifth annual. We do have a couple of stops, including at University of Tampa, a beautiful school, historic, and there's the JFK statue there. So uh, it's going to be a good time. With that being said, everybody have a safe weekend. Check us out on YouTube. And thanks for subscribing if you're a new listener and you got to the end. I really appreciate it. Stay on the rise, everyone. We out of here. Peace.